Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Hour number two, we're taking you up to noon. Then we'll hand it off to D'Lo and Casey. Yes, so speaking of D'Lo and Casey, shout out to everybody in the chatty house and people maybe who aren't in the chatty house who pulled up to the uh, live show and watch party out at Sky River Casino the other day. It was so good to, uh, to meet all of you. Uh, I, I met Michigan Wolverines from the chat. He's not actually just a sentient Michigan helmet. Oh. Actually a person. I thought it was just he's, like the wings. He was... <laughs> no, no. He's an actual person. Uh, he decked out Michigan hat, Michigan hoodie. Oh. He, introduced himself and he's like, hey, I'm Michigan Wolverines from the chat. And I'm like, yeah, no, I gathered that. Played into the bit. <laughs> oh, big time. I loved it. I loved it. It was so great. Uh, really good dude. So, Zabo... Also in the chatty house, and again, youtube.com slash ESPN1320, twitch.tv slash ESPN1320. Uh, you can watch the show as well as listen, of course, on, on 1320 AM and on the free Odyssey app. Um, saw our guy Zabo mm. as I was walking up to the stage, and my nightmare happened. I messed up a dap, <gasps> and honest to God, it is one of my greatest fears in life. You were like... Is meeting a yeah, dude. I went in because I went in for the dap, and he was not. He was doing something. He was like, no fist bump, and then we like did the like change all at once, and then it just kind of wound up being like a like our hands just kind of briefly <laughs> touched, and I was like, bro, that was unacceptable. I gotta go, but we'll figure this out. Oh, and so like was it was fine. He's he was great about it. Uh meeting a famous person and botching the dap is my nightmare scenario. I would rather call someone by the wrong name because at least then I can be like, I'm terrible with names and faces. Sorry. Yeah. If you mess up the dap, if you mess up the handshake, because you never know, sometimes people are like, put her there and they do the the like yeah. strong firm Boom. handshake and then you get the dap where you lock the hand but then you get the dap some people are like that with the fist bump i never know i never know when people are going to bring me in for the for the bro hug oh yeah it is exhausting trying to figure <laughs> out how to go about it and uh, um i'm usually pretty good with it yeah but with with our guy zabo i i botched it bad and uh it kept me up all night just thinking about how horribly <laughs> I messed up the dap. Yeah, uh, it was I a great time it. though. It was a great time out at the uh, out at uh, Sky River Casino. Shout out to them. It is a a great set up there out at Thirty Two Brew Street, and I can't wait for the next live show. Yeah, maybe I'll make it to this one. Also, shout out to Track Seven Panic IPA. Oh, just while we're here. 
big fan. <laughs> All right. There you go. Uh, buyers and sellers at the NBA trade deadline. We've talked about uh, some of the kings that are going to be, some of the teams that are going to be buyers. Uh, we were talking about the Lakers when we hit the break. Yeah. And they're in such a weird spot. They're in like the same spot they were in last year where they were bad at the deadline. They just shuffled the deck and lo and behold, they're in the conference finals. Just waiting for Danny Ainge to give it all away. And that's what sucks. Dude, that's what, that's what, I, I shouldn't say sucks. That's, that's the hardest part if you're a GM, if you're Rob Polinka, about having LeBron James and Anthony Davis because you're getting like a healthy season from Anthony Davis. You're getting... Another prime LeBron season. One of the last thirty nine. One of the last seasons of LeBron, no matter what. Like maybe one of the last is three years from now, but still. <laughs> I've been saying one of the last seasons for LeBron since he was thirty three. So I'm just kind of <laughs> Yeah, I think it is difficult, but I also like there comes a point where they run out of, of ammo. And right as of right now, they're a team that has, I think, one first round pick way off in the distance mm-hmm. and one pick swap left. That's all they have. Mm-hmm. But if they get to this summer, all of a sudden they get reloaded. They, they, I think they go up to three first round picks. So they might be a team that has to stand pat. I don't know. Every time you think that, then they don't. But have you? I, I see the the whole they have to stand pat thing. But I see that and raise you one hourglass emoji. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I totally get it. <laughs> I don't. I don't. But if you're Rob Palenka, are you just waiting it out until until LeBron is gone? Probably. I mean, you're trying your best to put a team around him, but you don't want to give up everything. And Although, you're the Lakers. You're always going to be able to get some ridiculous I, free agent walk in the door. No doubt. But here's my... They made all these moves in the offseason, and it was lauded as this masterclass in team building. And now they're here, and it's... It, it, my, my thought is, if you're Rob Palenka... You went, dude, I thought I did everything right this offseason. And now I've got to shuffle this whole deck again and get rid of all these guys who are supposed to be perfect and I'm gonna improve the team by doing so. Yeah, that's tough. I, I don't I don't I don't know what exactly move there is for them that's going to make them demonstrably better. Well that and you know, again, they just lost a player. They lost Jared uh, Vanderbilt for mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's probably season ending. They haven't really been able to break that one down, and it's a foot injury, which you never want for a guy. Um, but he was playing well, and he's mm-hmm. actually recently he's been playing well. Early in the season, he had not played well, and he's a guy like do you do you move off of Jared Vanderbilt and the contract you owe him, mm-hmm. and maybe try to get a player that can help you today. And, and that's a possibility that they might have to consider because they're a team that has that pressure. And Vanderbilt, he's starting a new contract, and it's like a four-year, I don't know, four-year 48, something like that. Uh, so it's a bit of money, and he hasn't really performed up to that. But mm-hmm. there's still teams around the league that would look at him and say, oh, yeah, I'm in. You know, I think the Kings would look at Jared Vanderbilt and say, hey, like not for this year, but, you know, could we give you something that might help you this year? Uh, and we'll take on Vanderbilt and, mm-hmm. and his upcoming four-year deal that you know will fit him in at one of our forward spots for the next five years. Yeah. So I think that there are like ways. Again, I don't. The Kings and Lakers don't typically do a lot of trades between the two teams, especially in season. Mm-hmm. And if you're the Kings, I think the one thing you don't want to do is is give them help. Oh, uh, for sure. But you know, again, if you're getting a player that you think it fits one of the needs that you have, mm-hmm. which is a long, athletic defender who can defend multiple positions, but isn't a great shooter, 
like Vanderbilt fits that need, and he's also really, really, really close with De'Aaron Fox. Hmm. So, so I would at least like you know, and, and again, not to just like throw names out there, but you know, maybe a Chris Duarte and, and a uh, and a Davion Mitchell help that team today. Would you Would you still do that even if you're not getting Vanderbilt for this year? Yeah, I mean, I would at least consider it, especially mm. since you're talking about two players who are sort of in your rotation. Hmm. The team to me that in, that intrigues me the most here in terms of how it could wind up impacting uh, the trade market for the Kings is the Rockets. Yeah. I because think... I've heard Jalen Green's name floated out there now, mm. and that's the kind of player, that's the kind of, uh, not, not prospect, but that's the kind of player with upside that teams will justify making a big move for. Especially teams that aren't there. Yeah. That that might have some players sitting on their bench that could help somebody mm-hmm. or players that are like solid veterans, but they're starting over. Yeah. That's the type of, of move where it's like, ooh. Although, like, I, I think there's enough tape on him to be like, pr- uh, like slightly concerned. And you're talking about a team who's kind of caught in the two timeline thing. Mm-hmm. And you know they they went out and they got Van Vliet, they got Dylan Brooks, they they just went out and traded this weekend for Stephen Adams, which you know he won't play this year. I, I don't know That's that I would have made that deal. Future I'm, move. I'm not sure if he's ever going to play. Yeah. Um. But uh, it, it's a move that kind of makes sense because Alperin Shangun feels like he's the bridge between whatever groups you're going with here. He's a mm-hmm. young guy who plays like an old guy. Yep. And then, like, can you wait it out for some of these other guys, and or can you go get a major piece for Jalen Green? That they are interesting, and they've got picks, right? Yeah, so. and and picks that teams may want. Yeah, and they're not there. They're, I mean, they're outside of the playoff picture as they're outside of the 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 end season. I mean, the uh, plan at this point. So it's tough. Well, that's why. Well, and that's why I think they could be dangerous at the deadline because if they really think like, yeah, hey, we want to compete this year, we want to go to the playoffs this year. Yeah, they could. They could make things uh, tough for a team like Sacramento that's maybe not trying to make a big move, but yeah, hey, trying to improve on the margins, maybe try and improve, you know, in the sixth, seventh, eighth spots, whatever it is. If you've got, if you've got the Rockets out there, um, yeah, maybe they swing for the fence. With like, in. maybe they try to go out and get a Kyle Kuzma or someone like that to. Yeah you know, fit another piece in that second timeline that they yeah, have. Man. Interesting. Um, what about sellers? Hmm. Uh, next. There's a lot of sellers, man. Timing. Yeah. Jazz, Warriors, Blazers, all sellers, or at least they should be. Yeah. yeah. You have the Spurs here <laughs> don't really have a lot to offer. <laughs> there's a lot in the East. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of, uh, like the East has a lot of sellers where I, I think the West I don't know that there are a lot of sellers. I, I think the Jazz in particular, they've got a bunch of aging players that, you know, probably would look good on there's uh, other rosters. But there's a couple of, of names that came up in a piece on Hoops Hype today as possible um trade targets for the Kings. We will talk about that. And we've also got some Super Bowl stuff uh coming up as well. I have a Brock Purdy question that we gotta get to on ESPN thirteen twenty. That's coming up next. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. Now, back to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. 
Turns out Jared Vanderbilt can't be traded this year. No, he can't. Scrap all that. Scrap any of that. Put a pin in it till the offseason. Yeah, it can't be <laughs> traded at all this season. Okay. Uh, this is one of my this is my favorite game that we play on this show. Oh? It is Chatty House throws names out there as oh. trade targets. Oh, okay. I'm gonna quick one here. DeMar DeRozan, I'm out. Yeah, I'm not in either. I mean, it's way too much money. You have to give up too much to get him, and then I, he's a unrestricted free agent after the season. Also, he doesn't defend. Yeah, and I mean, he's 35, and yeah, he's not. a great mid-range shooter, but again, that kind of cramps your style. Like, he's a good player, I, I, like a, a great player for that matter, mm-hmm. but at at his age, I like I'm if I'm the Kings, I'm not there. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Hey, I've had this question on the rundown for a week and a half. I, I love this question. Is Brock Purdy a franchise quarterback? Is my is my question. And my my answer is I don't know. I think I lean no right now. Because it's it, while while because and I say no for this reason. <laughs> because when we talk about criticisms of Brock Purdy, one of my common refrains is, well, correct, but he's in his first season as a full-time starter and his second season as a pro. There's growth to be had here. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a, there are ways he can tangibly improve on the player he is now that could change the player that he is in four, five, six seasons. But on the other hand, he is very much trending toward being a franchise guy. But for me right now, he's not. Because while he may improve over the next four, five, six seasons, I still need to know what he looks like, frankly, without Debo Samuel, without Christian McCaffrey, and maybe without Trent Williams. And just what does that look like? Can he continue keeping this up? And 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 can the 49ers continue putting these kind of weapons around him that allow him to uh, put up this kind of production? Hmm. And I just I, I I I don't know the answer to that yet. So so for me right now, it's 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 a no because franchise guy to me says he's going to elevate the players around him regardless of of who they're plugging in. Okay, I get that. I'm going to take the opposite. Here and I'm going to say yes. He is a franchise guy. Okay, and, and that's because for me, he's he's four and one in the playoffs, and the one game that he lost, he blew out his elbow, in in the first quarter. And so for me, he's proven that not only can he win the regular season, which uh, his overall record is crazy, but that he can win, and when it matters, and mm-hmm. it, it's not always just him, but. You know, I don't know. Like, is any quarterback? I mean, every quarterback is limited by the the tools around him, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure how many times we have to look and see how far he gets, and, and yeah, like where he's at three years from now, five years from mm-hmm. like because five years from now, you're right. Trent Williams will be gone. Christian McCaffrey will be gone. George Kittle will be gone. Mm-hmm. Like all those guys will be, whether Debo's there or not. But like, it's on a team to continue to put talented pieces no doubt. around a player no doubt. like this. It's it's on the Niners to go find the next left tackle to fill that void and to find that next running back. And I, I don't know. I I look at what he's done so far in his career, and I don't know how many quarterbacks put in his situation would quietly put up 4,300 yards and 31 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't think that there's a lot that would. And we're talking about a second year player, but not even a second. More like mm-hmm. he he started half of the last nine games of last season and then whatever he's got this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, yeah, like why not build around him? Why not be, because, you know, teams build around these other players. They can't win the playoffs all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. He's proven that he can. And I'm willing to say, I, I'm I'm gonna I, I'm in on Brock Purdy for five years. Maybe he falls apart. Maybe he caps out as Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Maybe he caps out at Drew Brees. You know, there there's all of these levels that he can potentially yeah, reach. Yeah. But I can tell you, like in his first couple of years, he's way better than a lot of these other quarterbacks that we're looking at. Sure. And he's won a whole lo- a whole lot more games in the play- postseason than like Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Or, or name that you know great yeah. up and coming quarterback that yeah. was a number one pick in the draft. So, I'm no. willing to say I, I'm okay with whatever path he goes. At this, like I, I want to see him progress. Yeah, I, I I do I do too for sure. But for me right now, so two three, he's eligible for an extension after next year. They don't have to have to pay him until after twenty five. Got it. So to me, franchise quarterback is a guy that you no doubt are giving a Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen contract to. Those highly, highly paid guys. And right now, I just have... I don't need him to win the Super And here's the thing is, it, this is not Brock Purdy's lone chance to prove whether he's a franchise quarterback or not. This Sunday is not, hey, Brock, by the way, your your career is going to be made or broken by this. I'm not. I'm not there. If they lose, I'm not going to go. Whoop! You can't win one with Brock Purdy. Got to move on now. I'm not. That's crazy. No. I see. I see. I saw somebody who I respect greatly in in Baltimore, who put out this thing. He, he covers the Ravens, and he put out this thing that was like, Peyton Manning didn't win one until year nine. Drew Brees didn't win one until this year, and this and that. Lamar Jackson has time, and I agree. I am fully on board with that. We just need to offer Brock Purdy the same grace. No, it I'm, can't I'm be, with that. It can't be. It can't be. Hey, he either wins it this year or he's never going to win one. Now, on on the the other side of that coin, I I'm not. You you said it's on the 49ers to to restock the cupboard when Trent Williams leaves and when George Kittle leaves and when Debo Samuel leaves and when Christian McCaffrey leaves. That's a lot of very very high end talent, and I don't know that it's realistic to to go. Yeah, hey, find a left tackle who's as good as Trent Williams. In fact, you're, in fact I'm, I'm going to almost guarantee that they're not. Well, no, but you could find a left tackle and a left guard that could equal what you have at this point. You, or can, you, you can supplement it in different ways. You can find a good enough player there, for yeah. sure. Well, no, but, but you but, have to. I mean, any any quarterback needs a left tackle. Yeah, so. no, no doubt. But that's, but that's just my thing, is how much is Brock Purdy going to elevate a player if Debo Samuel leaves after, let's say, next season? Let's just say Debo Samuel's gone. Mm-hmm. And who's replacing? Juwan Jennings, a, a, a receiver that they drafted this year. And is that player, A, going to be good as Debo Samuel is? And B, if he's not, can Brock Purdy play at this level with a worse version of that uh, of that player, with a worse second receiver? And that's that's the question I have. And 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 I think that's I think that's a fair critique of him to this point. Is no, I think it's fair, but I think a year a year in, it might not be that fair. You what? know what I'm saying? Because like you have to see if he can develop and, and build a, a player, if he can develop and build a wide receiver, if he can 
develop another mm-hmm. tight end. He hasn't been given the op the opportunity yet to be a guy who creates other weapons. Sure. Right. Sure. So like I, I think one of the brilliant things about Tom Brady, not just the six Super Bowls, uh-huh. it's that he was able to create players along the way. Mm-hmm. And he was able to get by with, you know, where they give up a second round pick to get Wes Welker, who who was okay in Miami, like mm-hmm. as a young player, but like then he he just succeeds like, right. beyond right. wildest, you know, Danny Amendola, like all these Julian guys, Adelman. yeah, yeah, all these guys that he was able to create, gang of running backs, James White, Danny Woodhead, yeah, and then the same thing with tight ends, you know, they they had a string of tight ends where, you know, of course Gronkowski is amazing, but you know they they had other tight ends along the way. That mm. that Tom Brady helped build and create. Mm. We haven't got to the stage where we get to see if he can do that. Sure, and, and we're we're right now we're we just got to that stage with the Kansas City Chiefs and, mm-hmm. and Patrick Mahomes. And the answer was not through sixteen games. He wasn't seventeen, eighteen games. He wasn't able to. Mm-hmm. But now he's slowly starting to see like if you stick with it, what it can look like with Patrick Mahomes trying to create these mm-hmm. other types of of receivers. I don't know. Like it's it's too early to tell any of that stuff if he's going to be the guy. Sure. But I definitely think that he is a guy that you could stick with for a long long time and at worst he's going to be a high high end game manager. Mm-hmm. And at best he could be something super special that wins a whole bunch of games and wins yeah. a whole bunch of titles. Sure. I think it is I think it is a little bit funny that one of the things one of the knocks on Purdy is like, "Well, look at his look at his coach." He's the best play caller in the league. He's got the best play designer in this and that. But also, Kyle Shanahan loves Brock Purdy. Like and and wants him to that whole Tom Brady thing. Remember the story that came out? Uh, Nick Wagner oh, yeah. did a big story in ESPN about Brock Purdy. And and Purdy told the story that Shanahan sat him down and said, Hey, if we can get Tom Brady here, he's gonna start. Well, Shanahan in Peter King's column today on Football Morning in America, said that was only because Brock was hurt. And we didn't know that he was going to be ready for the start of the year. If he hadn't gotten hurt in the NFC title game, we would not have even considered Tom Brady. That's how much Kyle Shanahan likes Brock Purdy. Yeah. And so if you're going to say Brock Purdy's actually not good, it's all Kyle Shanahan, well, Kyle Shanahan loves that quarterback. A lot. A whole lot. And is very impressed by what that quarterback does in his offense. And I think if you were to ask Kyle Shanahan today, I think Kyle Shanahan would tell you that Purdy is a franchise guy and he's going to be their guy. Well, I, I think he's there. And I, maybe and yeah. maybe maybe he falls apart in the Super Bowl. I don't think he will, but maybe he does. And maybe next year he is super mediocre and we end next year and the Niners are nine and eight and we go, man, they okay, back to square one with quarterback. Yep. But maybe he goes in and, and wins the Super Bowl. I think it's more likely than Jimmy Garoppolo going in one and one. Yeah. And that's ultimately what uh, what the Niners need from Brock Purdy right now. So I'm here for it, Kyle. I want to see how it how it all plays out. Me too. All right. Well, have more NBA trade deadline stuff for you. We'll have another Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game, and we will look ahead to the Kings. We will look ahead. Here we go. We'll fix it in post. Three, two, and one. We will look ahead to the Kings Cavs matchup tonight. A couple of hot teams facing off in Cleveland. We got that next for you. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. 
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Super Bowl week, we'll have a ton of football stuff for you throughout the week, but of course, the Sacramento Kings are not going anywhere. We'll have plenty of Kings coverage for you all week on the Insiders. That's James. I'm Kyle. We're hanging out with you until noon, and we'll give way to D'Lo and KC. want to remind everybody, tonight at 5.45 p.m., we'll have Big 12 basketball for you. We've got an in-state rivalry. Kansas, the number eight ranked team in the country, taking on Kansas State, featuring a couple of players that you're going to want to... See, all right. Mm-hmm. Kansas K State. Um, I like it. And just this is, dude. You know what? I've worked for a lot of people in radio. Charlie is the best boss I've had. Mm. And I don't say that just because he's here and uh, he's and, listening. And I have to right. I'm probably <laughs> listening, and I'm going to have to talk to him again today. But he, when he gives me the like, here's what's going on today. There's notes about. Like, why this matters to people. And it's Kansas at Kansas State. Of course, March Madness coming up. Oh, yeah. We'll probably be doing at least a little something March Madness related on this on this program. Yes. Um, so, of course, start doing your bracket research now. I'll be watching while we're on. So, I mean, that's at least part of it. Yeah, it's going to be... We'll be... Ta- no, we'll do brackets and all that jazz. We'll, oh, of course we yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll go sure. all out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then... When, wait, hang on. We got ten, big twelve. When that other game, uh, um. Oh, I see. Got it. Okay. Um. <laughs> here we go. We here? Yeah. We good? You just watching me struggle through this? Okay. No, you're all right. Uh, ESPN thirteen twenty. It's your exclusive radio home of NCAA men's basketball tournament. So make sure to tap into ESPN thirteen twenty. <laughs> there it is. It's fine. Let's do this. Uh, Charlie's note, I misread it. I misread what it meant. 
Yeah, it was okay. Jiffy Lube, fast break player of the game. Charlie also uses really nice stock usually for his... Oh, dude, this is such high-quality paper. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a lot of times he'll even, like, cut it in half and, like... Oh, yeah. He uses the high-end hard stock. He is. He's a freaking pro, dude. Yeah, he is. And meanwhile, I'm just a jerk over here with regular paper. We're Um, fine. (laughs) ESPN1320.com. Jiffy Lube, fast break player of the game. For Sunday night. Saturday night. Against Chicago Bulls. Oh, yeah. It's an easy one. I think it's a super easy one. Yeah, Darren Fox is your Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game. Uh, after pouring 41 points in against Chicago, he had four boards, four assists, five steals, 5'11 from beyond the arc. He was 13 of 24 from the floor in 35 minutes. Darren Fox is your Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game. Go to ESPN1320.com. You will see the contest page right there, front and center. The code word, all-star. One word, hyphen, what? Um, Two words. Two words. Two words, all-star. All-star. Because that's what he is. That's what he is. He didn't get named one, but De'Aaron Fox is an all-star, and he looked like it in Chicago. 41 points, and the Kings needed all of them to stave off a furious Bulls comeback. They trailed by as many as 30 in that one. The Kings end up winning by eight. Got down to three. Got down Yeesh. to three. Oosh. It's fine. They held him off. That's all they did. I agree. <laughs> Not the W. <laughs> blowing a 30 point lead and getting it down to three ostensibly giving up a, a 27 nothing run i know they didn't but that's what that equates to yeah is so much easier to swallow after you after you win oh yeah you know, like, oh no no oh, you know you let it go for a second but you know locked back in it was never really in no it's a totally different show today it's today <laughs> everyone in the chatty house is like trade them all trade them all i don't care oh if they oh if they end up losing oh yeah oh it would have been tough. Well, that and I think fans may remember this, but the Kings were down one time in Chicago. I think it was uh, either my first season or the season before I started. Yeah. And they went on a 31 to 1 run yes. against the Bulls and came back and beat the Bulls. I remember that. Yeah, that was Is a that good 09, one. 09-10? I think it's 09-10. Yeah, 09-10. I'm going to look for this. This is not going to occupy all of my brain space. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I, I just rem- remember Jason Thompson was on the team, and I believe it's the year before I started. Yeah, it was 09-10. Yeah. It was December 21 of 2009. The Kings got outscored 67-43 in the first half. 67-43. So that's 24. 24. And I believe at some point, maybe it was in the first half, maybe it was in the second half, but it got to 30. But the Kings won the second quarter by five and then won the fourth quarter 33 to 10. Oof. And that was a good Bulls team, I think. Yeah, the Bulls that year, uh, no. They were, no, they were worse than the Kings. Oh, my bad. (laughs) Okay. Well, I do know. Well, that's tough to be worse than the Kings. Derek Rose, John Salmas, Joakim Noah, and Brad Miller. But at that point, the Bulls were 10 and 16 after the loss. Oh, okay. And the they finished Kings, forty-one and forty-one. Yeah. So the Kings that year they were the they had the third worst record in the NBA, uh, and in the lottery they dropped from three to five, where they drafted oh. Demarcus Cousins. Right before, so my first year was two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, and that was Demarcus's first year. Like my welcome to the NBA moment was welcome to the NBA. You get to cover Demarcus Cousins. The first one-on-one I ever did was with Marcus. Cousins. Honestly, good way to cut your teeth. Yeah, 
It was yeah. actually good. Just get thrown in the fire? Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. It was good. All right. Um, trade deadline Thursday. There's just going to be I wild. What, I, what did I tease? That's gonna be oh, wild. I remember what I teased. Sorry. I've been trying to remember what the hell I've been wanting to get to, and it's because it was on the first page of our rundown. Oh. Okay. It's my bad. It's my bad. I have two things. One, the Malik Monk thing oh, from okay. earlier that I still have a question mark next to. And then the Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith, DeLon Wright trio that came up in a Hoops Hype piece by Michael Scotto this morning. Friend of the show. Yep. Michael Scotto. Uh, I want to start with the Malik Monk thing, then we can talk trade stuff. Yep. So you have, in our in our Good, Bad, and Ugly, you, are, you wrote that Malik Monk wakes up. And he's been, been good the last couple of games after a stretch of games where it was worth wondering what the heck happened to Malik Monk. So my question is... And this may be unanswerable. But you write that he woke up. Or is this just him? Is this just what we're going to get from Malik Monk? Where he looks like, wow, sixth man of the year for this stretch of time. And then, wow, should Malik Monk be playing every night for this stretch of time? Okay, so if I look at the five games before we get to... Is it five or six? I think it's six. The six games before, uh, Malik Monk, 20.7 minutes... He averages 7.3 points, 4.3 assists, 2.3 turnovers, so uh, struggle. He shot 15.8% from three and 38.5% from from the field. That was Malik Monk running out of gas. And then what we saw, in, in my opinion, in Indiana and Chicago was him figuring it out and saying, okay, I have to get back to the player I am. And, you know, 23 points and, and six assists and then 22 points and seven assists. He gets five rebounds in both games. You know, all of a sudden he's shooting better from three, but he's also getting to the rim. Like, that is the player he is at this point in my in my mind. Mm-hmm. He, he's not 22 points a game, but on a team where he wasn't getting, where he was a little higher up, mm-hmm. he might be at 17, 18 a game. Like, sure. If the Kings needed him to score 17, 18 a night, he could do that. But I'm also going to go back to a conversation we've had about players early. And and Malik Monk is a gem rat. He's a basketball junkie. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who would prefer every step of the way to play basketball versus hitting the weight room. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he doesn't work out, but he's one of those guys that you know is a straight-up hooper, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the straight up Hooper guys, they have some dips in their schedule in their, in their, you know, sure. season sure, because they, they aren't hitting the weight room in a way that say like a Davion Mitchell is, or mm-hmm. that a Demonis Sabonis is where stable players, guys who, you know, typically play 82 games, they do a lot of maintenance on their body and, mm-hmm. and they do a lot of lifting and especially modern day players. And, you know, some guys are hoopers. Some guys are gym rat. I mean, are, are workout warriors. Mm-hmm. And then on occasion, you get a workout warrior gym rat. And that's what you're trying to hope, hopefully build your team with is a bunch of guys that do both. Um, I just think, like, there are going to be times always where he runs out of gas. And, and like, you can say the same thing about Kevin Herter. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought Kevin Herter would come into this season in way better shape. Like, ready. Like, he's, he's kind of the same dude. Yeah, and those dudes have big lulls in their season, and so uh, I think the fact that it's a six-game lull for 
for Malik and one of those games, he was actually really good in Atlanta. Um, that's okay. That's why you have a team. That's why you have multiple mm-hmm. players who can score. And so, yeah, I'm not concerned, but I do think that it's not just, it, it's partially who he is that mm-hmm. he's going to have these lulls, but I think he's more the guy who averaged, you know, 22 and a half points and, and six and a half assists over the last two games. And he is the guy who was, you know, suspect for six games. Yeah, I tend to I, I I tend to agree. I just I don't know. I I I I have a little bit of a concern with that. Just in with his importance to to the team and and granted, I mean, as a six man, it's not like there's a ton of six men out there who are just consistent night in and night out. Like it's really really hard to find players uh, in that role that he plays it's kind of the style of player though you're looking for Kyle right no exactly and that's that's what you would love if if he was night in and night out he was averaging 14 a game but never going fewer than 12 and then being up you know oh hey is it 20 this night but okay he had 12 a couple nights you know what I'm saying yeah yeah I mean I think you're just gonna like you said you're just gonna get the highs and lows I guess exactly guys like this like slightly erratic players like this they fit perfectly into that role and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like like look at the NFL version of this right it's like the third down back Mm -hmm. right like your third down back can do crazy things he also Mm -hmm. can take a 17 yard loss because he keeps running around in circles trying to avoid getting tackled Mm -hmm. and so we've gone away from that a little bit in the NFL but like the guys like McCaffrey, like mm-hmm. which you could, they just sit there and and do their job every single play, boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. Like those guys are tough to come by, mm-hmm. and, and those guys are usually star level players. The other guys, they can be star level players, but you know the Jarek McKinnons of the world that you know you you're counting on this electricity from them mm-hmm. that changes everything. Sure, but you can't count on it all the time. Like it's Ayuk versus Debo, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, like, you love what Debo does, but if I'm building a team, I'd rather have Ayuk. Sure. Because I know he's going to be there catching, you know, thirteen to fifteen hundred yards every year. Yeah. So. All right. I dig it. Yeah. And hey, happy I birthday just... to Malik Monk. He turned uh, twenty-six years old yesterday. Yeah. yeah. February fourth. Twenty-six. God, it feels like he's been in the league forever. Him and Fox Bowl, twenty-six. Jeez. Yeah. They got another, Time I mean, weird. they treat their bodies right. They got another 10 years. Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah. It's kind of, it, it is weird with Tom Brady playing as long as he did, with LeBron James playing as well as he is at 39. Uh-huh. I think it's, there. You're, we're going to see a, not not reversion, but I don't, I don't think it's necessarily easy to do that. Like oh, yeah, it's not yeah. like, oh yeah, hey, this is just the new standard that they're setting. Like, no, nah, I think I think LeBron's just kind of an alien. Well, I think you know, you look at baseball. We saw we were seeing regression now because it wasn't real. A lot of players playing like being incredible into their forties, yeah, or uh, into their late thirties, yeah. just like in having some of their best years into their late thirties. Yeah. So yeah, um, trade stuff real quick. Yeah, uh, Dila uh, Damian from Dilo and Casey is going to join us here in a bit for the handoff. Uh, Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith, and DeLon Wright were the three names that came up in, in not, I, I'm going to say in connection with the Kings from mm-hmm. Michael Scotto in, in Hoops Hype. Not reporting that like, oh, they're in serious talks or anything like that, but just that, that they're names that have been have been mentioned with the Kings or the Kings have, have talked with, with the Nets about, about uh, O'Neal and DFS. 
those those are the kind of moves to me that you make it and you get a little bit better. But I don't know how earth shattering any of them are. Yeah, I don't know if they change the complete direction of this team. Although we did talk about the stat last year, uh, last week, where the top four of this team have been incredible, and then five through eight have been spotty. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, maybe in, improving those positions, getting more stable position, getting better defenders. Mm-hmm. Certainly, all three of those guys are better defenders than what yeah. the Kings have playing those minutes right now. Mm-hmm. I would be intrigued. I'm not going like crazy and all in and and selling out my future and giving away first round picks. No, but stacks of seconds, like okay, like yeah, I, especially if, dude, if you can go get Delon Wright for a second or something like that. Yeah, no, I, I think Delon Wright would make a lot of sense, and you know, especially if if you've got to trade a Davion Mitchell to get a Delon uh, to get uh, one of those other pieces, then yeah, maybe you do come back around and you need a Delon Wright to to backfill. Yeah. Uh, I did during the break. Uh, Trey Lyles, uh, Davion Mitchell, Chris Duarte work for Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal. Hmm. Like that trade does work. I- I'm not saying that that's what the Kings should do. And again, I'm a big Trey Lyles guy, but um, you know, y- you do have to give up talent to get better. And say that. Say that trade again. Lyles, Mitchell, Duarte for Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal, and then the Kings will probably have to kick in a couple of second round picks. Let's bring in Damian Barling for the handoff. D'Lo and KC coming up here at noon on ESPN thirteen twenty. Does that make the Kings better? That deal that that James just laid out. Uh, yeah, sure. I I think when I don't that earth shattering deal. I don't think that's out there. It's not. I feel like the only deal where you can look like all right, maybe this team took a, a little bit of step forward is the Kyle Kuzma deal. Unless there's something we don't know. Unless there's a a, a person a you know, a player, a conversation that we're all completely unaware of. Um, and the one thing about the Kyle Kuzma potential deal is I don't think you could possibly get worse with that deal. So I think the only thing you could do is either maintain or get better. Um, but anything that bolsters that that second unit a little bit, um, because right now it's it's great that Trey Lyles and uh, is playing well. It's great that Malik is back, but it really feels like it kind of starts and ends with those guys. And that's tough. Uh, that's tough. It, it, it's working right now, which is great, particularly because you have two starters who are both playing really, really well again. But, you know, as you move deeper into the season and hopefully you get into the postseason, you're going to need your guys on the, on the second unit to contribute in the little time that they're going to play. Yeah. yeah. I like that you went uh, maintain and improve, basically. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. like, I... I you know, it's 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 difficult. Like it's it's difficult to manage the like the team's playing well right now, right? What what, what it six of seven? Yep. Uh, they're five and one on the road trip, and it's like okay, but it wasn't that long ago they lost four in a row when we right. weren't really sure what was going on. You had the Phoenix game in there. You had the uh, you know a, just a, a just a poor effort against the shorthanded Indiana team. And then, of course, you had the Dame Lillard game. So it, it, it was difficult to measure what you're seeing. And now that you're able to get a little further away from those games, it's like, hey, maybe they're playing pretty good. You know, maybe we overreacted a little bit. And maybe if we set our sights on the fact that the top four teams in the West are really, really good and they're probably going to fight it out amongst each other, if you can just solidify yourself in that second tier with, Phoenix and then perhaps like New Orleans or whoever's lingering around New Orleans, that's probably the best route for the Sacramento Kings. And right now they're in the prime position of that that fifth spot, though it's going to be difficult to stay there, you know, with the red hot Cleveland Cavaliers tonight. 
Man. I'm intrigued. Uh, so you're okay being in that second tier. You don't want to, like, you would not, if you're Monty McNair, you wouldn't try to push to get into the top tier. No, oh, no, no. Like, if if it's there, sure. Yeah. Like if there's if there's a if there's a move you can make to do that, yeah, absolutely. Um, again, I just don't know what that is. I don't either. That's my that's my big hang up with this. Is if we're taking and we did this earlier, we just went through the roster and like, okay, who's on the table? Who's not? Who are you willing to deal? Who are you not? That that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If you're taking Fox Sabonis and and Murray completely off the table, that, then I don't I don't think a a move of of that nature of the of, that has a seismic move like adding Demonis a bonus. Yeah, it's like that took trading Tyrese Halliburton. That was a big deal. Yeah, but every and, and you're right. You're a hundred percent right. And the first thing you said with De'Aaron, Domas, and Keegan. Yeah, they're all off the table. Right. So not every trade you make is a seismic trade. Not every trade you make can be the Tyrese Domas trade. Right. You 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 found your pillars now. Right. And you are in a great, great position because there's a lot of teams in the league where they're top three players, and this is this was the downfall that James laid out weeks ago about any idea of Zach Levine. You acquire Zach Levine, you're done. Yep. That's your team. Yep. That's the end of it. And with Keegan, that's not the case because Keegan is on a rookie-scale contract. So you have the third guy on your team, and he's on a rookie scale contract. You got other guys who have third guys on their team that are making, you know, two hundred million dollars, one hundred, you know, eighty million dollars, different things like that. That's their team. This Sacramento squad can continue to evolve. It can continue to get better. And if you could just find pieces to complement those guys, that's what you need to do right now. And I think Kyle Kuzma is a complementary piece. He's just probably the highest level of complimentary piece that you could potentially acquire. Yeah. I mean, I think if I'm going to put Kyle Kuzma, Jeremy Grant sort of in the same bucket, right? Yeah. Except for what Kyle Kuzma's contract does versus what, what Jeremy Grant's contract does. Mm -hmm. Like if it doesn't work with Kyle Kuzma, you can bail, you can get out from underneath that contract with no problem at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, 25 and a half, 23 and a half, 21 and a half, 19 and a half. Mm -hmm. The Jeremy Grant deal, on the other hand, as it starts to escalate, that gets a little sketchy for me. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're right. Like Kyle Kuzma is the the target and whether they want to trade him or not, you know, that's a whole nother situation. But I think that he's a guy that just instantly does make you better. He mm-hmm. he just gives you more, especially if you can keep most of the other pieces in place, which can get a little dicey and which will cost you, cost you more draft capital. But I would be willing to trade a little bit more draft capital and to keep the the main core together, mm-hmm. yeah. even if you want to include Harrison Barnes and, For- and Kevin Herter in that. Just I wouldn't be worried about draft capital at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't care anymore. Me either. It, I get it's, you. It, it is. It is. If you're, I think they are on a track. Even with would just forget Keegan's ascension. If you have Demonis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox, two borderline all stars. Um, no, too soon. Okay, fine. No, no. Um, <laughs> two legitimate. Thank you. Hey, here we are. Uh, two legitimate all star caliber players. Right. You're gonna be. You're gonna be good. Regardless of what's, and I think Monty McNair is a good enough GM that they're not going to stink anytime soon. Well, that's the whole and idea. If, if your goal is titles, then dude, get rid of whatever draft capital you need to get get rid of. If you believe in Keegan Murray, and it feels like this entire fan base does, yeah. if you believe in Keegan Murray, what they do, what the Kings do over the course of the next four days doesn't really matter. Yep. Yeah. It I doesn't. Agree. Like, there, we, we're all guilty of it. 
And Mike Brown is guilty of it, using terms like contender. And I understand those are terms you use when James Ham's not around and, and, and when Jason Anderson's not around. Those are things you could say to your team. When you start saying them publicly, you start talking about it. And that was one of the first things that made me, yo, where are we wrong about this? Is this Sasha kid? What, what is Sasha? Yeah. We're talking contenders? And it's clear, maybe a little misstep <laughs> by everybody involved. But this is still a really good basketball team that's still growing and still evolving. And Keegan's growth is a big part of it, and Malik Monk's future is a big part of it. All right. That's Damian Barling. D'Lo and Kenny. No KC this week. It's D'Lo and Kenny. No KC today at all. What? No, KC's out. It's just me. Oh. He's preparing He's pre- he's preparing for the week. He's getting he's getting dialed. He's, he's grinding he's, he's filmies in the lab. He's getting dialed. I love that for him. Well, hey, yeah. if you need anything, let me know. I appreciate yeah, we're around. <laughs> we're around. Uh, D'Lo, coming up next on ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.